1: And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems on this uh, interesting Saturday. What a weird weathered weekend it's been. Cold, hot. Started the day off warm yesterday. Temperature dropped 39 degrees. Snow showers in the air for today. What a cra- and then back up to 40s or something midweek coming up. Crazy weather. Well, uh, today's program, we are supposed to be talking to uh, Brian Loans. Brian Loans is an NHRA drag race announcer, host of the dork matic podcast, and uh, he started a, a, a website uh, called Bankshift uh, back, I don't know, back 15 years ago now, and uh, we're just trying to get a hold of him. He's out in California getting ready for, getting ready for race time, so uh, he's a... A little, little uh, three hours behind us, as best I can tell. So we'll see if Biff can get a hold of him in the meantime. Uh, talk about a car that got me around last week. And certainly one of the most populous segments in the SUV market is the subcompact category. In this category, there's popular cars like the Kia Soul, Mazda CX-3, Honda HR-V, Buick Encore. And the subject of our road test, the Chevrolet Trailblazer. Trailblazer comes in four trim levels, and it has two three-cylinder engines and two transmissions available. The Trailblazer is a front-wheel drive vehicle with all-wheel drive as an option. Our road test was in the all-wheel drive Trailblazer with the active option, that's ACTIV, which allows a bit more off-road capability. Lower trim levels have a 1.2-liter engine as a standard power plant and a CVT, so continually variable transmission, where the all-wheel drive active version gets a more powerful 1.3-liter, again, little tiny engine, turbocharged engine, and a conventional automatic transmission. This uh, small-ish, petite, whatever you want to call it, size of some motorcycle engines, actually develops 155 horsepower and 174 foot-pounds of torque. So the torque is what makes it feel powerful. The horsepower, yeah, gets it gets, you know, brings your speed up, but it's a torque that kind of pushes you back in the seat. The engine's connected to a nine-speed automatic transmission. that seems well-suited to the output of the engine. Um, uh, I I think it's due in part to the torque, uh, the engine's force, and how quickly it develops. Uh, allowing this uh compact s u v to you know hustle into traffic pretty easily trailer towing is possible but it 's limited to a thousand pounds and um and uh, when pushed, the engine does get a little bit raspy, but the noise is somewhat satisfying and certainly not objectionable. Out on the road, there's a bit of road and tire noise, perhaps due in part to the more aggressive sport terrain tires, but nothing unexpected in a small SUV. The, the overall ride is comfortable, a bit firm around town, but never jarring. You know, here's, here's kind of the bottom line with the vehicle. The Chevrolet Trailblazer doesn't really excel at any one thing. But it's a competent vehicle. If you don't need a bigger vehicle, but you still want the ability to run to the home improvement store, pick up bulky items, uh, look for... You know, if you look at for pretty decent fuel economy, ease of entry and exit, it's a pretty easy vehicle front and back to get in and out of, you know, not too high up, not too low. I don't think the Trailblazer will disappoint you. In fact, my nephew bought one because he had a Chevrolet truck and he was leasing it, traded it in, got one of these, and he's never driven it since because his wife drives it all the time now. So she likes that she has a Chevy Traverse. She much rather drives this. She thinks it's more fun to drive. Hey, with us is, um, Brian Loans. Uh, Brian Loans is an NHRA drag race announcer, and I believe it's his birthday today. Brian, good morning. <laughs> good
2: morning, John. How are you? It is, in fact, my <laughs> it... birthday today.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, ha- well, happy birthday, Brian. And uh, sorry to get you up at uh, a little early on a Saturday morning. I understand
2: you're out in California. I am. I'm out in uh, staying just outside of LA. We're racing in uh, Pomona this weekend, so sun's coming up and the palm trees are looking good so this is this is fine man this is good gets my day started in the right way there, there you go
1: hey uh, you know your background kind of goes back a long way you were you were an announcer up at up at epping uh i think i first met you at some like michelin tire event and yeah. um and you had uh, you, you had your website bank shift and what was what was interesting was we lived in the same town and we didn't know each other and we sort of traveled in a sort of a little bit in the same circle so it's been kind of been kind of an interesting time but since then uh your drag racing announcement has gone absolutely mainstream you're you're a big star now
2: well it's um it's been a cool trip and and so i call the races as the kind of play-by-play like lead guy for for fox sports so this weekend the race is airing on fox sports one and then over the course of the season about half of our races air on the you know fox broadcast network so channel 25 if you're a boston local um but yeah it's great i mean we're um we're seeing uh, this this is the first race of our season the winter nationals which has been you know, a race that's uh, been held since the early part of the 1960s. So it has great history, and um, we're seeing a great kind of influx of young talent and investment in the sport. So we have more, you know, we have more cars here this year than we've had since 2016, which is a great sign for us.
1: And drag racing, and, and, you know, people say to me, you know, do you like racing? And I'm like, I actually like drag racing because I think it appeals to my – somewhat ADD profile that, you know, it it gets over really quick.
2: It is. it is. It's a sport that's definitely kind of built for the modern world, right, our our world of short attention span. But, you know, for a reference, the, the slowest cars we'll have on the racetrack this weekend for our broadcast will be a category called Pro Stock, and they accelerate from zero to about 210 miles an hour in six and a half seconds. The fastest cars we have on the track will be the, the top fuel dragsters that'll go from zero... The 330 miles an hour in about 3.6 seconds. Um, it's the, 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 stuff that happens on a drag ship is really fascinating. It's a, it's a giant physics experiment, right? And, you know, we talk about a top fuel car and that car will actually be traveling, uh, over a hundred miles an hour in the span of 60 feet. And from that's from a standing start. So, you know, the, the G forces involved are five to six G's. I mean, it, it's just an incredible, um, it's an incredible full sensory experience and I, I got hooked on it as a kid and thankfully I've been able to weasel my way into making a living doing it.
1: And it is pretty amazing because, uh, not that long ago I had Bob Tasca on, on the sure. program and talking to him about drag racing. I said, you know, how, you know, what's it, what's it like when you're sitting there and the, and the lights are getting ready to change and he, what do you think about? And he goes, you don't have time to think about anything. You don't think. Yeah. He said, you just react and is that is that what you hear from the folks at race too that it's really it's really you know there's a lot of physical and mental preparation of course but um but it is just it's just
2: about reacting right yeah the big difference you know the 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 tough thing to to kind of get across to people about drag racing, especially on a the professional level is it's not a sport of endurance but it is a sport of like real mental acuity and So, for instance, you know, we got the Daytona 500 this weekend, and and that's something that all of us watch. It doesn't matter if you're, to me, if you're not even a hardcore stock car fan, you're going to watch the Daytona 500, just like you're going to watch the Indy 500. And, you know, those two races require a lot of mental endurance. You have to constantly, for hours, you know, maintain that that mental high to make sure you're not going to get yourself in trouble or make sure you strategize the way your race works properly. And for our sports, It is, it's all of that, but you're kind of putting it on the head of a pin and you're doing that on a Sunday. You're hopefully doing that four times because it's a 16 car qualified field when we chop them in half each time. So 16, eight, four, two, and you get down to the final round. And for us, you know, over the course of a year, we just like every sport, we maintain statistics and, and all kinds of performance data on the cars, but we also maintain it for the drivers and you know, a guy like Bob Tasca. If we watch him over the course of a season, which last year was kind of the best year of his career, won multiple races, including the last time we were here in Pomona. But his average, what we call the reaction time, meaning how quickly he leaves the starting line, was about seven hundredths of a second. So he gets that car to move about one about seven hundredths of a second as the green light's coming on. Um, the best reactor in the class is a guy named jr todd who does it in about six one hundredths of a second but it's the consistency that these people can do it with is what kind of makes them interesting it makes the whole thing kind of phenomenal so it is it's a condition response it is um a study and and kind of the human nature of being able to refine an activity but it's uh it's a really it's a really fun thing and I mean, they shoot fire and make a lot of noise, too, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is.
1: And and it is sort of interesting. I mean, Bob's Bob's a vegan, and then you got, like, uh, what, Matt Hagen that, like, raises his own cows and eats exactly. them, right?
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, you know, Bob Tasca is a fascinating guy. And, of course, uh, he's a friend. He's from Cranston, Rhode Island. And, you know, the Tasca family's been involved in drag racing since the 1960s, and um, they've been a great you know, transformational force, really. If we look at the muscle car era, the things that they created at their dealership, they they made the Cobra Jet Mustang uh, at task of Ford, and then the Ford Motor Company decided that they wanted to mass produce it. But to go back to Bob, definitely not the person a lot of people kind of think he is. You know, we, we think of a kind of a maverick guy that, you know, has a, a very successful, you know, lots of car dealerships and, and a very well-known family, but he is as humble as the day is long. He's a great dad. He's got a bunch of sons. They're hockey players. They're athletes. And in the summertime, the boys and, and Bob's wife, Terry, come to all the races. So they travel as kind of a tribe. But yeah, Bob's a vegan, uh, very, very health conscious. And, you know, Bob's a very influential guy within, within the Ford Motor Company as well. He has a great relationship with the CEO, of the, with the, the CEO of the company, uh, Jim Farley. He sits on a bunch of planning boards for products and, um, thankfully for bob they just uh, renewed him on a multi-year extension on his funny car contract so all's good in his world as well
1: yeah i saw i saw that so that is good news and yeah he is he is amazing the consistent reaction times that he has he is you know his, his like you pointed out last year was his best year prior to that he had some problems but if you looked at if you looked at him I don't think he could get any better. His car could maybe, but I don't know if he could get any better. He's a
2: pretty amazing guy. Yeah, and you know when when we talk about the class that he races in, which is nitro funny car, those are really incredibly challenging cars to drive. And I tell people if, you know, like a top fuel car is like it's like playing a violin. You know, a top fuel car is 300 inches long. The engine's at the back. It is designed to literally designed to do one thing, which is to travel In a straight line as perfectly as possible, a funny car is like a thrash metal band. The engine's in the front; it's the same engine that's in the top fuel car. It's eleven thousand horsepower, and the thing wants to do anything but actually travel in a straight line. So, you know, for for someone like Bob to have been doing this for as long as he has, he he races with his head. He's not a guy that overdrives the car when when things are not going well. He just clicks it off and. You know, we saw the best of Bob Tasca and, and his crew chiefs, uh, John Schaefer and, and Mike Knapp, a guy we call Zippy, um, last year. And, and they had a nice run during our first qualifying session last night. Uh, he unfortunately gotten into the timing blocks in the center of the racetrack, so it was disallowed, but they have a good race car. They tested well in Phoenix last week. And, um, to me, it's just cool to have, you know, in Funny Car, we have four manufacturers. Ford supports Bob. We have John Forrest is sponsored by Chevrolet. Uh, Toyota just rolled out a new super funny car body this year for Alexis DeJoria and J.R. Todd, and of course Dodge is a big factor with with Matt Hagen uh, and uh, Cruz Pedregon and multiple teams. So, you know, the manufacturers spend a lot of time in the wind tunnel developing these funny car bodies, which is pretty wild.
1: And I, I got a question. You know, when when I hear you calling the races, and you you have so much detail about the cars and the drivers. Um,
2: you know where where does all that stuff get stored in your head? You know, it, it's not all stored in my head. Um, it's it's like calling. Uh, so it's like broadcasting any other professional sport. So the preparation before the race is really what what you live and die on. So you know, if I were just to, to walk into the event cold, I would have some idea of what the person did last week. But yeah. you know, it's getting into the pit areas. It's talking to the drivers and crew chiefs. Um, you know, I I develop what. What other guys in other sports they call them boards, and so I have these boards or spotter sheets that I develop. Which you know, if uh, Al Michaels is calling a football game, he has a board that has the layout of the players and what position they're in and, and who may be a backup tight end, stuff like that. Um, my boards are, are built around the performance of the car, who the crew chief is, what their last five runs look like, um, what the you know average reaction time of the guy is over the course of the season. So the detail. It did, I mean, some of that stuff comes out of my head, which is scary enough, but most, of, most of it is stuff that's, uh, it's, you have to prepare, you have to prepare to be, to be able to really kind of tell the stories the right way to get things context. And so that's one of the, you know, one of the great lessons I learned early on when I started doing this and I worked with guys like Mike Williams and, and other people at New England Dragway just doing local races, but they would show up prepared. And I thought, okay, well, that's, just, this is the model of what I got to do. And it's always been something I've kind of prided myself
1: on. Yeah and I you know somebody asked me about it once and I said I said listening to you call the race is the kind of old time equivalent of pulling a um record jacket out of a record album and reading the liner notes because you get all, <laughs> you get you get all the detail and you know and um you know I I watch a lot of the NHRA stuff on on one of the you know Automotive channels on, I don't know, some network. And, you know, when when you're doing it, you know, you do, you, you're you able to put all the pieces together. And my wife even said one day, she's like, how does how does he do that? How's, he tells such a good story. And I said, well, you know, he's followed in good footsteps. You know, the, the guys before him were doing the same thing. And it, it's just now it's become just a little bit more, um, you know, there's a little bit more tech involved with it. And a little bit more, more you know the cars have changed i remember when um you know drag racing hit 200 miles an hour and it was a big deal and now 300 miles an hour if you're not doing 300 you're going slow
2: yeah and it's you know the 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 cool balance i think that we always try to strike is you want to be technical enough that the the really knowledgeable fan understands that you know you're giving them the information they want uh at the same time you want new fans who may not be as technically savvy not to be turned off or to, you know, to, you don't want to talk over anybody's head, but you also don't want to talk underneath anybody. So, you know, we spend a lot of time, um, especially when we are on the network, the broadcast network, we spend a lot of time kind of going back to the basics because we, we reach a much larger audience on those shows and they're typically, you're going to have a lot more maybe first time viewers in a scenario like that versus, you know, the hardcore fan that watches every qualifying show and every race broadcast on FS1. You can go into a little bit more depth there when we talk about stuff like, you know, cylinder heads or, or head gaskets or how a supercharger works or camshafts. And, um, you know, to me, it's it's a funny thing that I think my favorite part of of doing this is that I love both ends of the sport. Like I, I'm fascinated by the people that compete and how they compete and what they do to kind of succeed or fail. And I'm also fascinated by the cars because, you know, we talk about. And I heard you talk about the Chevy Trailblazer and and how much torque it made and and the horsepower level made out of that little 1.3-liter engine, which is really impressive. Um, But one thing to consider in a a top fuel engine, uh, these cars will burn up to 20 gallons of nitromethane in one run. You know, in the course of a couple of seconds, they're burning all that fuel. And a lot of times, they have two. Spark plugs per cylinder, and that there's so much fuel going into the engine that sometimes those spark plugs will literally be washed out. And when a top fuel engine has one cylinder misfiring, that's a, a loss of one thousand two hundred and fifty horsepower of one one cylinder. I mean, it's it's beyond the scope of this stuff is crazy. Um, we talk about elevation changes and and how they affect horsepower, and and you know we know that if we take our we take our Chevy Trailblazer you're talking about you, you drive it to, to Denver. It's going to be a dog. It's going to be down on power versus at sea level. Um, and in a modern car, that may be 50, 60 horsepower swing. When we go and race in Denver, the top fuel cars are down like a 1,000-plus horsepower that they have to try to compensate for. It. The numbers are just mind-boggling. Yeah, it really is. And the idea,
1: too, that if you lose one cylinder, the car still is running at 285
2: miles an hour. Right. Right. Yeah, you're, you're still going to run like 285 or 290 and look like a slug. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's an interesting sport too, because unlike a, you know, unlike a stock car race or an Indy car race on Sunday, like when you lose, it just, the music just stops. You know, like when you're, if you don't have a great running car at the day's home at Daytona 500, chances are you're going to finish the race. I mean, you'll probably finish 15th or 16th or 20th, but for us, you know, if we start eliminations at 11 a.m. on Sunday, and if you're in top fuel and you're in the first pair and you don't win, your race day ends basically five minutes after 11. And you've got to think about it for the next couple of weeks before you get a shot to do it again. So there's also a level of brutality to drag racing with. There is no like, oh, we'll just uh, make a couple of practice laps or we'll just hang in the end of the field. I mean, it, the music just stops for you when when you lose. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit about history, too. You you have a podcast called the Dorcomatic Podcast, and that's where you really get into the personalities and some of the stories. Um, what uh, Was it Was it COVID that inspired you to do this because you had a little bit of free time?
2: Yeah, so uh, it, it all kind of stemmed off uh, my Instagram, which if you're on Instagram, you can follow me. It's just my name, Brian Loans. Uh and my instagram page is nothing really about me i don't post you know pictures of uh, you know what i ate for lunch that day i i make a historic everything i do is kind of historically based and so a lot of people started saying hey you should do a podcast you know you should like expand on these stories and I, I, it was in the back of my mind but then all of a sudden i had a bunch of time on my hands as you mentioned um from basically we stopped racing from march until july of 2020 so um I had time to do something and, and so I launched off and, and started of this Dorcomotive podcast and um it's a fun thing to explore these historical stories and it's certainly not just about drag racing. Uh there are great, you know, drag racing episodes in there but um a lot of stuff on you know, like the story of Art Arfon, the guy who, you know, built a five hundred and seventy six mile an hour car basically in his in his shed in his backyard, uh Broadway Freddie DeName was a drag racer that was also a mafia hitman that killed a hundred some people, and he raced nitro funny cars in the seventies. And there's stories about uh, ships and about board track racing, and it is. It's um, it became a, a hobby that became an obsession that uh, has has gained a few listeners, and it's uh, it's fun to make those shows.
1: Yeah, and I think you were rated as the number three automotive podcast or something.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's it's pretty cool when uh, the the listenership of the thing and the the people who have subscribed to it when I get episodes launched out, which I hope to have another episode to actually launch next week. Um, it it, it typically lands in the top three or five uh, automotive podcasts uh, on a on the rate the chartable rank rankings of you know they rank all the different podcasts in different segments and in, in automotive. Um, when I drop new episodes, they perform pretty well. So if you if you like podcasts, if you like kind of long form storytelling, just uh, any like car stuff, or even just mechanical stuff. Cause some of the stuff isn't even about cars. Some of the stuff is just cool mechanical history.
1: And then again, uh, you also uh, posted something on YouTube about don't buy crappy governors for your antique four tractors.
2: <laughs> so yeah, it, it, the uh, dual great duality of man here on, on display because I love drag racing at three hundred and thirty miles an hour. And I love old farm tractors as much as I love drag racing. So um, I had to, I posted a little diatribe on my YouTube channel about some some replacement parts I bought. I have a, a 1940s Ford uh, N Series tractor that my son and I are are kind of fussing around with and just kind of generally restoring. And it's a great it's a great piece for him to learn about basic mechanics on. You know, we rebuilt the brakes. It's manual brakes, but it's a it's an exercise for him. Who's he's really fascinated by all this stuff. So. He gets to turn wrenches on it and learn stuff. But, uh, yeah, don't buy crappy Chinese or I should not say Chinese, but governors that are made in some foreign land with absolutely no quality control. Save your money and <laughs> find an old uh, go to eBay and find an old factory one. It'll work perfect.
1: And and you mentioned, uh, you know, you mentioned Daytona 500. um you know, it, you know, like you said, you you love the idea of you know stuff that explodes and the smell of nitromethane and the 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 sound and the speed of it. Uh, but uh, you got an eye on uh, Daytona at
2: the same time. Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, I'm friendly with uh, I'm friendly with a lot of the people on the on the broadcast team on the NASCAR side. I I have uh, spent multiple weekends of any trade off weekends, I will sometimes go and basically just shadow people over there and, kind of hang out in the broadcast booth because, uh, those guys have a lot more experience than I do. And it's, it's, it's always enlightening to watch them work, but look, I, if we're going to start picking against Kyle Larson here, I think we're making the wrong choice. I mean, the guy had what a season he had last year. Uh, of course he qualified on the pole already for this year's race. So, um, I think Kyle Larson is going to be a guy to, a guy to contend with as he always tends to be. And, um, you know i like the spectacle of the daytona 500 and they sold it out i mean they they sold 130,000 tickets uh for that race this year and the coliseum race they had a few weeks ago out here in la was cool it was a neat experiment something i think they're going to keep tweaking on in different locations but um and the indycar series is very healthy as well i think you know i look around and for whatever reason um all of us navigated these storms in 2020 and and we kind of limped our way through the end of that year and last year was a little bit less of a limp but we still all of us were limping a little bit and then all of a sudden this year i look at all the professional racing series in this country and all of them are really firing on all cylinders and you know in in my opinion that 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 tide that comes up whether it's the tide coming up for nascar nhra or indycar it really floats all of our ships and the more interest there is in racing the more people are going to show up to more people are going to roll into Pomona this weekend because they're hyped up about just being able to get to a racetrack. So it's, it's a good time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and sort of, um, you know, former local Social guy, Dale Cordley, is, um, I saw I saw him rolling an ARCA car off, off a truck uh,
2: for a race as well. So there's a, racing is pretty popular here in Massachusetts still. It is, you know, and and you know, people forget I think to a degree. I mean, we had uh we had guys like Pete Hamilton back in the day, right? Great NASCAR racer Pete yeah. Hamilton was a, was a, a Massachusetts product. Um a lot of great modified racers and and racers in those style of categories have, have come out of Massachusetts and I can tell you for a fact, John, this will blow your mind. There are three guys within a a 15-mile radius of your former hometown and where I still live in southeastern Massachusetts that are at this moment assembling nitro funny cars to come and run some NHRA races. It is, and again, it's this kind of awakening of people that everybody made it through 2020 and you get to 21 and they say, you know what, why am I not going to do this? I got, yeah. I got, you know, people have come to this realization that um, to a degree you can't take it with you. And, and in, if this is something you want to do, then don't waste another day and go do it. So, yeah, we have a budding, uh, we have a budding nitro funny car farm growing up around us here in Massachusetts. It's cool. Good to hear.
1: Hey, Brian, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday. Uh, have fun at the races today, and uh, happy birthday.
2: John, thank you uh, on all fronts. Thanks for having me on the show, and uh, certainly appreciate the friendship, and uh, certainly appreciate you letting me spot off about drag racing, man. Thank you.
1: Uh, yeah, always a good time. Brian, take care. Thank you. We need to take a break and pay some bills. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. We'll be right back. Bye.
3: Shake make it out to Drag City
0: No one wants to be left out in the cold And with AAA, you won't be. Our experienced technicians will be there fast to help you with your dead battery, unexpected breakdown, frozen locks, or any car issue that comes with winter weather. We're trained to fix most problems on the spot, often without the need for a tow. And you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in 24-7. Join AAA today at AAA.com slash join. That's AAA.com slash join. Have your morning coffee with me, Mark Friedman, host of Dollars and Cents, each and every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. We'll start your day with financial advice in a language you can understand. At Teresa's Grill 19 in North Reading, kids eat free every Tuesday and Wednesday. Teresa's Grill 19's new menu offers mile high sandwiches, mouth-watering burgers, hand-tossed pizzas, and unforgettable homestyle meatloaf, just to name a few of the many great comfort foods available. And Teresa's Grill 19 was voted best of the North Shore for afterward cocktails. Grab your seat at the bar for game day action. Head over to Teresa's Grill 19 at 20 Elm Street, Route 62 in North Reading.
1: And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. I forgot to actually tease Brian a little bit uh, back. I don't know; it was a year or so, maybe a year ago. We had Leah Pruitt on uh, another drag racer, and I and I just kind of casually mentioned Leah. What do you think of Brian? And she said, "I love Brian." And I I wanted to try to isolate that clip somewhere and just play it, but uh, you know, I want to thank him for
0: taking time. Get him time. In, get him get him in trouble?
1: Huh? Yeah. Well, I I I I know his wife too. It <laughs> probably wouldn't be good. So. <laughs> No, his wife. His I I don't know. I've only met his wife once or twice. I met his kids a couple times. His kids are who? His kids are his kids are great. Hey, let's talk to uh, Robert Tingpro. Robert, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah, well, you if you it. if you really want if you really want to know, I have a toothache
4: this morning. But no, yeah. oh, that's never good. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I have a question. Huh. The um, auto start stops or stop start. Uh, do any manufacturers have an auxiliary starter and battery for that function, or are they all just using the standard battery? They, well, um, sort of.
1: Some of them are using. Some of them are using a um, kind of like a hybrid battery. So, sort of a forty-two volt battery. So, some are. Some have a twelve volt battery and a bigger battery. Some are just using a big 12-volt battery. None of them, some of them are using a, um, a they call it kind of a uh, a starter machine, I think is what GM used to call it. And basically what it was, it was a belt-driven thing under the hood that looked like a big generator. And that's what it was. And it would spin the engine, it would spin the engine to get it going, then it would make electricity afterwards to charge the battery back up. But all of these systems all of these systems are if you looked at all the features of new cars and if you talk to anybody who drives a lot of new cars writes about new cars I'm willing to bet Brian's the same way the two features they tend to shut off are um, the auto start and they just leave it so it's disabled so it runs all the time and the second feature everybody shuts off is the lane departure warning where if you travel outside of your lane it beeps or vibrates or shakes the wheel or does something and because the the lane departure one a lot of people shut that one off because it gets a little confused when it when you overlay asphalt in the road and it looks like a line or even just a um, uh, if they've just salted the roads the the white salt marks on the roads act like that so uh, why do you ask
4: well a lot of cars are coming up with it and you know, yep. I don't have one yet I don't want I would deactivate that auto step stuff yeah. like i do with cylinder deactivation. what's yeah. the longevity on these components i mean shutting
1: the um off. it it's it, you know we thought it was going to be a lot harder on starters and batteries and it hasn't really shown up to be that way yet but you know they still you know they still haven't been around for 20 years yet you know the other the other thing is um when you look at when you look at these systems and and how they work and like you said you know, you'll if you buy something with it, you'll shut it off. But the reason they exist, in that I've been told, but I haven't read it officially, so I guess you know you have to kind of believe it, is that by putting auto shut off in, the vehicle manufacturers get a extra mile per gallon on the EPA ratings. Yeah, it's all so, like the
4: calf standards, no doubt. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. And what happened was way back when when cars had when more cars had manual transmissions you know back in the 70s and the 80s i guess um, if you had a shift light if you had a light that would come on in the dash and said okay it's time to shift from second to third you got a half a mile per gallon and the same deal kind of happens with these with these systems it works
4: the same way yeah you know, look at yeah, like I said, I'm not a fan of any of them. I realize, yeah, it I, I, yeah.
1: I, I, and I got to tell you, it. I don't care. You know, unless it's a hybrid. So if it's something like uh, you know a, a Highlander hybrid or a Prius or you know Hyundai hybrid, on those you don't notice because when you come to a stop, it shuts off anyway, and it takes off with the electric motor. So you don't you don't notice. It feels a hundred percent perfect. Same thing with the um, with the uh, Jeep Wrangler with the with the uh, with the hybrid plug-in, even the plug-in hybrid drivetrain. You don't notice it. And it feels normal, and it feels smooth, and it feels just the way it should. Um, I happen to be driving a Mercedes uh, for a couple of days, and it has it in it. And the first thing I do, and it's pretty smooth, i got to say, it's much better than the last car I drove, but still I find myself shutting it off all the time.
4: Yeah, some, you know, transition is unnoticeable, but I was also thinking that you know all of these uh features are definitely the skew things to make it look like the mileage is better. Oh
1: yeah, but, absolutely. You know, yeah, Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And all the mile and you know the best way to control gas mileage is with your right foot. You know, yeah, well, easy on the gas, easy on the right.
4: brakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get good mileage that way. <laughs> you don't get
1: Well, I, I you know, I I I've, I've, you know, the the uh, Kingsborough police tell tell me how you drive. So that's that's probably why. So
4: yeah, uh well, yeah. they do uh you know, give me a pass every right now and then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert you before you get in any more trouble, you know? Yeah. All right. Take care.
1: Bye. Hey, we need to take another break. Remember our program's brought to you in part by uh Triple A. you know, why don't you uh you can either come to work with me if you want. Uh you can go to triple A dot com slash careers or why don't you join Triple A uh, it's eight hundred uh well, you can call the 800 number even easier just go to triple com slash join and become a triple a member my name is john paul this is the car doctor program we will be right back you're listening on north shore 104.9
0: wants to be left out in the cold and with AAA you won't be our experienced technicians will be there fast to help you with your dead battery unexpected breakdown, frozen locks or any car issue that comes with winter weather, we're trained to fix most problems on the spot often without the need for a tow and you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in 24-7 Join AAA today at aaa.com slash join. That's aaa.com slash join. Caring Choice Transportation is now offering private rides to anyone needing a ride to appointments, family occasions, or when you want to leave the driving to someone else. Caring Choice Transportation is well known for transporting children and adults with special needs to school and appointments in clean, well-marked wheelchair passenger vans. And now, they're available to the public. Visit their website to reserve your single ride or recurring trips at caringchoicetransportation.com. That's caringchoicetransportation.com. Taco Bell presents a get-out-of-bedtime story. It's time to wake up from this amazing dream, even though you're jet skiing on lemonade. How extreme! And oh, look at that. You just won the lottery. <gasps> Is that a castle? Take the keys. It's your property. What's better than swimming in space? Just wait for the big reveal. It's Taco Bell breakfast, and it's actually real. So it's time to wake up and bid your dreams farewell, because toasted breakfast burritos are waiting for you. Only at Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Participating Taco Bell locations near you during breakfast hours only. At Panera, you can say yes to both of your cravings. We call it You Pick Two. And with over 465 pairings, you'll find a meal sure to satisfy any mood. Are you feeling both fresh and fun? Pick our Fuji apple salad with a new Thai chicken soup. Or maybe you're feeling classic and bold. Pair some creamy mac and cheese with our new citrus Asian crunch salad. Pick your perfect pair and order a you pick two today. Panera, the familiar made fantastic. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Rosenthal here is your North Shore 1049 forecast surfing the North Shore of the Merrimack Valley. Some early sun today, then clouding up. Watch for flurries and snow squalls to move through by early afternoon. Could deposit a dusting to an inch or two. Some towns will see very slippery roads. Temperatures fall below freezing once the snow begins. And then of an eye clearing brisk and cold, those are about 10. Tomorrow, lots of sun slightly above freezing. Monday, we go the other way with sunshine, temps in the lower 50s. Rain comes in on Tuesday. Day. Forecast being brought to you by Seltzer and Goldstein public adjusters. If you've had damage from frozen pipes, water damage, theft, or fire, let the professionals at Seltzer and Goldstein negotiate with your insurance companies to get you back on your feet. See them online by going to Seltzer.com. For local North Shore, 1049. I'm Mark Kresenthal.
1: Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. Our phone number is 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049. Uh, if, uh, we have a couple phone lines open if you'd like to join us at 800-370-1049. And let's talk to uh, Tom in Tom, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, John. I have a car
3: question, but first I want to say that it was over the AAA office uh, the other day in
1: your hometown, Rockland. And oh, all right. Renewing, okay. Yeah, renewing my... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, all new people over there. I only, I think I only know two or three people there because, you know, people have retired because, uh, you know, people eventually stop, stop working for us. And, uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had, uh, a couple of folks there and, and even in a couple of our other offices. It's everybody who's around my age seems to be, seems to yeah. be hanging it up. So well, I'm not quite ready. Think about it. <laughs> But, uh, you know, everybody in there is very nice. You
3: know, you go there, they're really very nice people. And so while I was there, you know, I'm thinking about, oh, I'm going to have to renew my license in a few months. So I said, let me get the lowdown on uh, the ID, you know. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because I hear things, people go there, not there, but, you know, the don't have the right form. So the guy behind the counter was very nice. He gave me this form, and he highlighted everything for me, and it was, you know, nice. So now I know exactly what I need. But but the thought that came through my head because I just heard this on the news like that morning, so here I am an American and I have to have all these forms. But I just heard that our nice state house is wants to pass driver's license for illegals, and I'm saying, wow, things are strange in this country, you know. <laughs> and I know you can't be political, yeah, but, uh, you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it's
1: it's it's interesting. I know somebody who um, she's in her 80s. She's owned multiple businesses. She went to get her driver's license renewed and, and she just wanted a regular driver's license. They said, well, you need to, you know, have your original birth certificate. And she had some paper birth certificate from, um, where she was born in Italy. And they're like, well, we can't accept this. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, do you have your, your whatever papers you need? And she's like, I don't know. I came here when I was four. I don't know. And she's paid taxes. She's owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, you might get, you might end up getting deported. <laughs> oh so, so it is. Right. So, so again, the reason I don't get political, because I don't understand it. It confuses me sometimes. So, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, it is. It is kind of, it is kind of funny how some things work. But, does, um, does yeah. And Triple the other a thing,
3: have a stand
1: on that, on what they, uh, you know, not that I've, not that
3: I've heard. <laughs> not that I've that heard.
1: And, and and i mean it's it's even like you know we have you know we have positions on on a lot of things um typically we kind right. of we kind of weigh out which is the best for our members all the time, and that's what we kind of look at um a little little tip for you too you don't have to wait till your birthday to renew your driver's license, you can do it up to a year early,
3: yeah, you know that's what exactly what I'm doing. I heard that yeah. and my birthday's coming up in April, and I said, you know what As you get older, I don't think I want to wait another year because who knows what happens, you know, and I could go bad or something, so I said, I'm getting in there
1: as soon as a year. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did mine a year early, and it doesn't change the expiration date. It doesn't, so, you know, when I did mine in, you know, whatever it was, 2020 or 2019, it's still going to expire in 2025 just like I did it in 2020, and I did it just because, Kind of the same thing. Is my vision going to be as sharp yeah. as it should be? Is it going to, you know? And, and you hate to go in and have somebody go, "Oh, can you read that again?" And right. um, and so I said, you know, I think I'll do it now. And the other reason was, and I, and I did it just like, you know, just like a, a AAA, any AAA member would. I got the paperwork just like you did, and actually, I, I cheated a little bit. I got all the stuff ahead of time, and I went back and I saw one of the women behind the counter. I'm like, "Do I have everything?" <laughs> And she goes, oh, yeah, you got everything. I said, okay, I'll be back, you know, in a couple of days. And I just happened to go by there one morning, you know, right as the door opened. And uh, maybe even a, a couple minutes before, the door wasn't even unlocked. Um, and, you know, I just sort of stood there and waited for him to open the door. And I was the first or second person in. I was in and out in five minutes. So it was nice and easy.
3: It is. It's very easy. there. Yeah, I've done it before. Uh, my, my car question is, I've been, (laughs) it was bad this year, neglecting to change the oil, kind of let it go, I don't drive as many miles, and so forth, but anyway, so the little indicator came up on it, you know, saying, "Ah, you know, oil life 15, blah, 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 so I I did the oil, and then I kind of calculated the miles, and I said, hmm, it's been uh, 3,400 miles, not a lot, but it was 16 months, you know?
1: Oh, okay, okay.
3: So, these systems... That calculate. That's my question. So on these systems that calculate, you can kind of give us a little rundown on that. But why can't we just wait for that indicator to come up? I mean, what's your opinion? That's all. well. First off, you
1: went you went six months too long, or four months too yeah. long, or whatever it was, because you you should do it once a year, no matter what. Um, and what happens is, somewhere I bet in the owner's manual, it says, you know, wait till the oil indicator comes on or do it annually. So that's, you know, what you should try to do. Did you cause okay. any problems? Probably not, not at all. But, um, the other thing is, there are different kinds of systems. Some actually measure, like, moisture content in the oil. And it actually looks at, you know, is there contamination building up? Some of them look at mileage. Some of them look at mileage and how often the car starts and stops. Um And some of them look at mileage and date. Like on my Hyundai, for instance, all it looks at is the mileage and the date. So when you reset it, it knows what the date is and it knows what the mileage is. And about mm-hmm. six months later or 7,500 miles, whichever comes first, they'll, they'll say, you know, time for service. Mm-hmm. Um Other cars actually physically... um Measure the oil. They have a, they have a sensor in the oil that actually through some fancy computer system can actually look at contamination. And, but most of them look at how often you start it, how far it goes, how long it runs, and there's this whole, you know,
4: Mm.
1: magic math system there of, you know, of different things that actually put it all together and make it all work. So, um, they're all, they're all a little bit different. They're all just a good indicator. Um, I like to kind of, you know, stick to the basics of, you know, like the Volkswagen we have in the family once a year at 10,000 miles. So it gets an annual oil change, but I still pop the hood and check the oil once a month or so to see how it's doing. The, mm. the Hyundai every six months or 7,500 miles. Um, that, that one I sometimes might do just a little bit early, um, time wise only because, um, I still kind of do that one myself, and I kind of pick a day that's a nice day, and, you know, it's either not yeah. too hot or not too cold, and, you know, maybe I'm off a little bit time-wise, but, you know, it's doing it myself. I'm not spending a lot of money doing it, so I'll go ahead and do it.
3: Yeah, well, that's what happened to me. I do it myself, but the winter came in. <laughs> I let it go, and then we got it on. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah,
3: yeah. I usually do it, you know, way ahead of time. but this Oh, is, yeah. This- Interesting that that light did yep. come on because I've never yep. let it go that long.
1: Yep, yep. And, and then you go, go so. you go in and you reset it and you're all good for another however long. Yeah.
3: Okay, uh, John, well, thank you very okay. much. And I hope your take right. goes away. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> all right, take care. Bye bye. Yeah, bye. Our phone number is 800 370 1049. 800 370 1049. I lost track, Biff. Are we, do we need another break or not? We do, yep, we do. We do, yep. Let's, let's well, you let to... me know when you let me know when that is, okay? And 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 uh, and I'll be happy to. Why don't we uh, Why, why don't
0: we do our final break now and then bring it home on the other side? You
1: want to do that? Yeah. And why that not? Way, that way, if people want to call in, they have they have a few extra minutes. They to have to a, call few, a few minutes to get down. on. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So 1049 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049. Phone lines are open. We're going to take a quick break. My name is John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. You're listening on North Shore one zero four nine.
3: No. We can put the top down, listen to the radio Big old Buick and a big old sky Wheels on
4: fire and i tell you why I got a high ride Institute is an industry
2: leader in massage therapy and skincare education, and they are excited to announce their newest location in North Andover. You can become a massage therapist or esthetician in less than a year. Go to spatech.edu today to request information and schedule an appointment with someone from their team to learn more about massage therapy and skincare programs. Spatech Institute is bringing a well established reputation in the industry to this new location in North Andover, so go to spatech.edu today to learn more.
3: Engel & Volkers is the North Shore's premium global real estate provider, representing buyers and sellers of fine properties right here at home. I'm Karen Hansen, licensed partner at Engel Volkers. These past two years have provided extraordinary and unusual opportunities for those looking to make a move. If your life is beckoning you towards a new adventure, we would be honored to assist. Cottager Castle, suburbs to the sea, there has never been a better time to live your luxury. Find us online at
4: buythesea.evrealestate.com.
0: No one wants to be left out in the cold. And with AAA, you won't be. Our experienced technicians will be there fast to help you with your dead battery, unexpected breakdown, frozen locks, or any car issue that comes with winter weather. We're trained to fix most problems on the spot, often without the need for a tow. And you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in 24-7. Join AAA today at AAA.com slash join. That's AAA.com slash join. Hi it's Andy Davis from Snow Country. Tune in to our ski report each weekday at 9 and 1250. Brought to you by Acura Peabody and their award-winning team, committed to keeping you safe during all your adventures.
1: And welcome back to the Car Doctor program. I, I mentioned at the beginning that I had a little toothache, and uh, and uh, I called, uh, I, you know called a couple dentist's office, and of course it's Saturday, and no one's open unless it's by appointment only, and you know even the places said uh, you know emergencies welcome or something, they're not open. So I did a virtual doctor's appointment. So it's sort of like um, you know call here and ask me about your car, only you get to see the person. And if you've never done a virtual doctor's appointment, it's kind of interesting. Um I clicked on, you know, said what was wrong. I didn't really say what was wrong. I just clicked something. And uh, I said, look, here's the deal. I said, I kind of have a toothache and uh, I'm not able to get to the dentist right away. And it's probably something that caused a little bit of an infection or something. So I was diagnosing my own. So I'm sort of like the person that comes into the garage and says, I'm pretty sure my car needs a starter. When, in fact, it needs a battery. So I could have been completely <laughs> wrong, and uh, and um, you love those you know, I guys, said, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So I said, uh, you know, I tried uh, ibuprofen and Tylenol and uh, you know oral rinse and something else, and uh, and I said nothing seemed to work. So I assume it's some kind of infection or something. And and uh, the person was very nice, and and I uh, it it didn't go perfectly because my first appointment was at ten after eight, and about. Fifteen after eight, somebody got online and said, oh, the uh, the doctor is running behind. I suggest you cancel your appointment and then remake a new appointment. I'm like, oh, this didn't work that well. So I canceled my appointment and uh, redid it for there was an 820 appointment, I guess. And about three minutes later, person pops up on my computer screen and says, hi, what's the matter? I told her and she said. Yeah, let, let's get you a, uh, a moxicillin prescription. I said, exactly what I'm looking for. After I diagnosed it myself, which I'm, you know, probably wrong, but, uh, but again, I'm sort of like the person that comes in, whose car doesn't start and says, yeah, I'm pretty sure it needs a starter and mm. it's really the battery cable. You're something. changing the something. alternator when you need a battery. What are you doing? Yeah, something. What something are you doing? Like yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I, 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 I'm, I'm part of the, you know, I'm old. I'm part of the DIY generation, you know? We don't, we don't call
2: plumbers and electricians.
1: We fix it ourselves. There you go. You
2: know, <laughs> and yeah. Darn it, we're going to do it wrong, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We do it right because we do it twice. Um, <laughs> well, here's something kind of interesting. A radio station in Seattle suddenly has a captive audience on Mazda owners after a glitch in the digital broadcast signal fried the electronics in their infotainment systems. Here's where technology gets kind of wacky. Um, the Mazda dealerships in the area have been inundated with customers that can no longer change the station away from, and the call letters are K-U-O-W, and um, which apparently, you know, now stands for do anything else besides turn up the volume and down, uh, because they uh, they have a Bluetooth and navigation and backup cameras, and they all stopped working, Um they, uh, the person went into the repair shop. They said they told me there's nothing they can do about it, that I need a new, uh, CMU unit, which is the whole drive of the thing. Um, and they weren't sure what happened, and, uh, people posted things on Mazda forums, and everyone who had turned into 94.9 FM, Seattle's national public radio station, uh, apparently, uh, between. January 24th to January 31st, a radio station in Seattle area sent image files with no extension. So, if you have a fancy radio, HD radio, that shows, uh, you know, the song that's playing and some of the cover art and stuff at the same time, apparently, uh, the cars with, uh, older software, uh, well, there's a problem. So uh, so the radio station, for its part, said it's uh, now working with a company called Xperi, X-P-E-R-I, the company behind HD Radio Technology, to investigate the issue and uh, sheepishly thank those affected for becoming involuntary loyal listeners. So, Biff, do you think we can do that?
0: Well, we should look into it for sure. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So you're just forced to <laughs> but, listen listen but, to that radio station. That radio station. But isn't it, that, is, that's part of the weird part of technology that, you know, they sent out a file that froze your radio station and shut off your backup camera?
0: Yeah, that is very weird. But, I mean, technology has is, is, is come so far. It's just, it's now I think, you know, occasionally it trips on itself.
1: Yeah, and this is one of those, you know, oops, we forgot to add you know, and, and by extension I'm sure they mean something like, you know, if you save a word document, it's like, you know, uh you know uh you know, biff mistakes, you know, dot DOC or something. Well, I'm sure whatever they sent out didn't have the dot whatever at the end and there you go.
0: There you go. You know? No dot, you got problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So So um, I have a question. On your yes, virtual sir. meeting, did you meet with a doctor or a
1: dentist or neither? I or? met with a no. I actually met with a nurse practitioner. Okay, so not a dentist, yeah. not a dentist. They I, they they uh, they didn't have an option for dentists. And I see. Yeah. And you know. And, and what are you going to do? Stick your phone in your mouth? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Move it a little bit over to the right, please. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so. Bet. Okay. Now. Yeah. Now the lower. Let me see the lowers. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and you know, it's not. You know it. You know medical medical stuff is. You know, and I don't want to take anything away from any doctors. And and uh, you know they they go to school for a long time to become doctors. But you know if something hurts and it's an infection, how do you fix it? You 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 come up with uh, you come up with uh, you know some antibiotic. It seems that easy. But what do I know? I, I'm not a doctor. Well, I guess we're going to find here.
0: out what you know because it seems like you made the diagnosis. I did. And We're she kind of bit, it. she bit on it and said, sure, yeah. you want moxicillin? I think that's what you said. And yeah. you said, that's exactly what I wanted. Exactly what now, I wanted. Now, I hope it's not a situation, John, where you're replacing the alternator when you should be replacing the battery.
1: Uh, it, could, it could very well be, but uh, I'm, uh, what, whatever I'm trying to do, I'm trying to avoid having a, uh, uh, having a, uh, an engine replacement. How's that? So, uh, there you, you go. Know. <laughs> yeah. I want to I try to keep all my parts as original as possible. <laughs> so... Uh, Speaking of things that aren't going to stay original, uh, the Nissan Armada big SUV, um, no more V8 engines in them. They, they, they claim fuel economies on everybody's mind and, uh, and you, they claim they can get the same horsepower and torque out of a V6 engine. They'll give you better gas mileage. So no more big V8 in the Nissan Armada. They're replacing the, uh, Armada's V8 with a turbocharged V6. Um, Which isn't so much they claim it's not so much an advancement, it's just a way to keep up with the times. So there you go. Hey, next week we got a good show. We're going to be talking with Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports. You know, it's it's April. It's the April issue of Consumer Reports. It's coming up pretty soon. So they are top picks and all the stuff that goes along with the Consumer Reports automotive stuff. So we're going to be talking with Mike Quincy then. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.